I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Hey, Legends. Welcome back to another episode of Fat Chat by Body Magic. Now, the episode I've got today, I've got a guest with me. I previously had him on for just a little short segment, but we've got a full-length episode with him today, and I'm so excited to uh, have a sit down and have a chat because we actually haven't seen each other for like in person for about two months. I think it was on the actual podcast episode. Yeah, you come and pick a pair of shoes up from me. Yes, that's um, right. That's last time. Or something, but, yes, that's uh, right. <laughs> yeah, the last time. We've had a proper catch up with you. You've trained a fair bit since then. Yes, we? I have. We've got lots so to catch up on. But uh, he's an absolute legend in the Ironman space, triathlon space. Um, he's got state records. He's won the event that I'm doing down in Bustleton previously. Um, the biggest psychopath I know. <laughs> and uh, I didn't actually realize how big of a deal you are in the sport, like me just being so naive. Uh, I had no idea of what a big name he is, but please welcome Matt Burton, everybody. Uh, well done. Yes. Thanks. That's lovely. Yeah. <laughs> Mate, like I said, I had no idea when we first started. I, I had an idea from obviously doing a bit of research and we caught up and everything, but anyone that I speak to that is a cyclist in mm. triathlon, anything. So who's your coach? And I go, Matt Burton. They go, Matt Burton, like the, the comparison that I've heard, he's like the Bryce Cotton of <laughs> Iron Man. That's that that's what I've heard from multiple people. <laughs> yeah, I guess yeah. Unless you're in a sport, you're pretty hidden from it, right? Yeah. So I tend to keep to myself as well. Um, you know, train alone most of the time. There's not too many or well, not really very very few professional endurance athletes in, in WA. So um yeah, you know, it's a it's a, it's a niche sport, triathlon, and then Definitely. Ironman again is like its own sport as well so uh it's uh, you know not a not a big deal yet i still feel i have a fair bit to achieve before i i'm happy with what i'm where i'm at or what i'm doing so uh, none of us are getting any younger uh, but i still feel you know pretty right to to perform and and to win at home again is yeah, you know my biggest goal in the short term is to like you said, I've won the, the race you're training for once, but to win something twice is... Pretty know, huge. Yeah, a bit of a self-confirmation. So, like, in terms of, like, the professional Ironman athletes, you know, in that mm. space that are going around to all the different uh, events in Australia and the world, how many, like, what, what what's the pool look like for that? Yeah, it, it must succeed sort of 500. Yep. Yeah, it'd be, it, it would be now, there'd be... 500 plus memberships maybe a thousand that's huge really. that's 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 pretty that's significant in, yeah. from a male point of view females would be pushing towards 500 now i reckon from a um professional like the the long course yeah um a lot there's a lot of different memberships or but if you if you're looking at it from a governing body point of view that like triathlon australia or the international triathlon union there's probably sort of around those numbers yeah which in the scheme of the world isn't a lot yeah very true um, yeah. but it's like you know like you were unaware of and, and many people, triathlon's very small. And uh, what we're doing on a Sunday morning down along the coast is when most people are still sleeping. So That's very true. <laughs> all they <laughs> so see is true. you pop out of your house and you see a road closure and you just get pissed off at, yes. you know, can't get out onto this road. So, But we're actually out there... Um, yeah, racing and some of us do it and grinding. as a profession. Yeah, yeah, yeah absolutely. Yeah. Well, if I honestly did not have you, I would not even be at the <laughs> point where I'm at right now uh, because your advice, uh, the program that you've got me on, uh, the late night texts and phone calls that I give you and voicemails and all that sort of stuff, it's helped me so much already all the way through. And the photos. Selfies. And the photos. <laughs> and the, Yeah, everything. <laughs> we, we, we make sure I send him a photo every time I finish a good session. Every, just every go swim look session. At this. Every swim yeah. session, exactly all when the shirt's off. photos of body <laughs> magic <laughs> that's on my instagram anyway yeah, yeah. but it's gone back far enough for uh, all the nude stuff but uh but i honestly cannot thank you enough for everything that you've done so far 
Um, and there's been so much of your coaching style that I've loved and that I've gone, oh my gosh, I need to start doing little bits and pieces. Mm. So it's been, I've, I've taken, regardless of just the Ironman stuff, just your actual coaching style, I've taken so much from. So I really appreciate that. Yeah, it's... Um I've really enjoyed it, right? You, you're coming from a complete unknown. Yeah. It's very rare in the sport now. You meet someone who's sort of taken it on as a challenge and, you know, you've made it very clear after December 3, that's triathlons in the One past. Yep. yep. Um, but, you know, achieving it is something you can never be taken away from you as well, right? Yeah. So, and, and most people are aware of Ironman because of Hawaii and, the, you know, the marketing that Gatorade did years ago when they broadcast a little bit on, the, on, on Channel 9 and stuff. But... Yeah, it's been. You've impressed me to this point. Um, you know, it's fine for me to write to write a program. It's very easy to write down on paper. Write for this long. Um, you know, the the fact you've the writing you've done the hours is super impressive because writing is what someone not coming from the sport. Yeah, it's probably the most unenjoyable because it's quite it's just lonely. So long mm. and it's just like and I, I go with dad for the first little bit, but then he peels off after yep. the first hour and a half or whatever back, and then it's me for yeah another three or four hours or whatever on my own and yep. yet there's only so many podcasts that I that's want to it. listen to you know? and like, the good news is it's only going to get longer now <laughs> yeah, until I know. December I know it's <laughs> you it harder <laughs> and harder and harder every single time but I think that like even just reflecting on from the start of it to now oh my gosh the improvement and the things that I've learned from you know you teaching me and everything all along the way is um, like huge improvement so far mm. um so yeah i'm pretty um yeah i'm pretty buzzed to hopefully get to december and then be able to tick it off and, and get it done yeah the hardest the hardest thing i probably when you know we first started to speak was slowing someone like you down who's come from a an anaerobic or a, a yeah. sprint base right someone who's just a power athlete you've really got to train slowly to mm. start and just learn to just be be within yourself all the time so it's very boring yeah right but it's the time under tension is what then creates fatigue then all of a sudden you hit a real fatigue point and i've had a few quite a lot of messages from your videos of late saying it looks like you've cracked him Mm. but without trying to scare anyone from the sport you go through these flows right like you you don't want to be up and about right now you need to be up and about when we hit december at the moment you just got to your body needs to start to understand how to be efficient when to be economical you know how to manage your food intake correctly so you do sleep well through the night because if you don't get that right then you sleep terribly definitely um and then if you go too hard all the time you also sleep terribly so you know, endurance is built from being able to control your effort and everything around you. As soon as you go too hard, you lose control. Yep, definitely. So the the episode that I do before this one comes mm-hmm. out, I think it's out tomorrow, and I was speaking to uh, my co-host, John, and I was going, and I was just talking about you as a coach, right? And I was going, Matt, he's, he's great at when I'm flat, you can get, or when something's gone wrong, mm. you can get me back up, right? Because I've like the, the highs and the lows of doing this is huge, like the, the massive, compa- massive. Yep. like it's so you're just trying to stay in the in the middle here. And when I'm low, you're fantastic at getting me back up. Or something goes wrong, you can yep. get me back up. But when I think I'm flying, yeah, I yeah. think you fucking bring me down real quick. <laughs> you, you beat me down yeah. real quick just to make sure I'm not, uh, <laughs> you know, not flying up here too much. Which is, I think it's uh, it's helped me. <laughs> Sorry, yeah. No, it's good. It's I great. It's not that I try to be try and be a hard ass or, a, you know, this like brutal take on this brutal coaching aspect. But typically, as humans, positive reinforcement is what we, you know, live for. Right? Yeah. We live for I that, that external yeah. um, praise. But a coach, a good coach in any sporting code, isn't giving that out for the sake of it. Yep. Right. I'm not just talking about triathlon. This is me. My broadening and my awareness of of coaching in general, um, you know, one day I might be a lot better at it when I've got a lot more time. But just going, you know, in a great session, well done, well done, sending a message to say, "Yep, great work." I'd rather not pick through what people have done incorrectly, but just pull them back, pull yeah. them up on it to say, like, you know, that's well done on what. That's a good session, yeah. but that's not what I wrote. Yeah. Like, so if you were out, you know, you do a lot of stuff with, say, basketball or football, AFL players, coaches, typically the good ones are seen to be quite challenging for their players, you know, make constantly making them think. So as someone preparing for any challenge, when, you've, when you 
put a challenge ahead of you that's in three months, that's in six, in six months' time, you don't need to go and search for hard or, or difficult things every day in your life. Mm. They will come. There will always be something that will catch you out or make you frustrated. And this sport just amplifies it. You've got three sports, then you've got life, right? You work more than, more than most people would probably understand, right? Um, and your time and commitment away from just living. Um, so it's, it's a credit to you to be able to juggle it, but also I don't want you to get too caught up in, you know, people saying, oh, unreal on a two-hour ride. Yep. You know, it's so cool. Like it, it, it is, but what you're potentially going to be out there for 15 hours. Yes. Yep. You know, so I just want you to be aware of what the experience will be like and not hate you know, not get out there and be like, oh, hold on. Yep. For four, five months, he, you know, Matt was so positive and, and now this I'm is burning. awful. Yeah. It's 35 degrees. I feel I'm walking. I can't run. It's like, you know, really the hard lessons are now. Yep. And then not to say race day will be a breeze, but the, the experience of a full distance going through Whole eating thing. gels, stuff that's not comfortable, right? It's like, you know, they common in track – Track athletics and swimming and even shorter cycling events, not not so much the longer road stages, but people always say training's the harder work, you know, and then you don't feel race day. Yep. Our race days are very long. I think you said something the other day and it was like, oh, um, I re- you've done some really good work and lots of work so far, which is great. But now this next lot of stuff is just making the race as enjoyable as you possibly mm. can. We're still doing – you still got to put in the bigger sessions, got to st- – keep building it gets harder and harder and longer and that sort of thing but how that really stuck with me going all right cool i do all this work now then the day is going to be as enjoyable as it can be as it can be yeah you know because if if it blows a gale yeah right there's a one way on the bike won't be enjoyable Mm. right you have to focus on your breathing pedaling wells feel like you're going super slow you you know what it's like you ride down on the path if you've got a tailwind Mm. you feel a million dollars you feel great you feel like you're about to take off yeah you do you turn around and you're like i just want to walk (laughs) i just want to park up here (laughs) you know it's like so it that same feeling comes with you right now that's the mental aspect you mentioned earlier but yeah the work now is about trying to couple all three together you've done the work apart from one another over the last few months and anybody watching or listening I legitimately have been super impressed by how you've taken everything on board. You have got your frustration you put up on social media when you something happens like the other day with your running is true, right? I know it for a fact. Um, you know, you're in that younger demographic. So initially, it's like, oh, yeah, you'll flake out after a month. But no, it's been a credit to you to, you know, you've put yourself out there. Everybody's watching and you're still here you know, ticking these these sessions off and then we get to couple them all together now to start for you to start to feel how it feels to transition from one to the other yep. to the other. Um, but as a non-swimmer, ticking those, you know, now we're up to some good 4K swims. There's not many people who could just jump in a pool and go and swim for 4K. The swim you know? is my favourite part. Yeah. So I just go like, to st- initially it's that when you first put down the first 4K swim, yeah. I quite literally lost fucking sleep at night yeah. the day before. I'm not joking. I yeah. All I could think about was, oh, my God, I was so tired from everything else. Yeah. I had work going. I was like, oh, I cannot do this. And then once I got the first one done, I was like, all right, sweet. Mm. I've just done over 24 hours, just gone seven and a half Ks. Mm. Uh, so, like, you know, it's just crazy how much difference that makes with um, once you know you can actually complete it. Hence why I'm also – but that I've bought into the everything so far just because I've gone, all right, cool. The confidence that I get from it is knowing what I can complete beforehand. Yeah. And then I'm like, oh, great, like the 4K swim. So, like, I, I will be really happy with the ride stuff when it starts to get up to 150, probably 180 yeah. Ks. And I can go, I can actually do that. Yeah. Um, and then the, the only bit that's really worrying me is the running. That's yeah. what's really – just because everything just keeps breaking down. and keep getting the little tendinopathies mm. and the, um, you know, the, the cramp things and the nerve thing I had the other day. So, like, it's just little bits like that. That's the only bit that worries me. The other two – I'm confident with that. I'm good with. Yeah. yeah, I mean, yeah. The other day you had had that bit of a flare up where there was, you know, there could be some nerve related impingements. But a bike fit's not something you've had. So yeah. this Friday we're going to address it. Yeah, we're going to going to look at make sure your position's right, so you're you're active through the right regions, um, and then not overactive through your running yep. muscles, essentially um, the sling mechanisms. So which will allow you to then run well when the time comes. Yeah, you know, and the session comes, but. 
Um, you will do 180K multiple times and every time you come in in training, you'll be like, I don't know how I'm going to run a marathon. <laughs> yeah. I say this because I still think do the that. same thing. Yeah. Come in from 180 <laughs> like I actually did a couple last week. Yeah. And both times, it's like, oh. Absolutely ruined. Oh, yeah. not ruined. Just like, oh, just Can't that, be fucked. you know, that mindset of you've got to run a marathon. But it's like once you get going and you've trained, the training effect takes over. Yep. So, it's then and you'll forget to feel that in training. So, we got plenty, still plenty of time and it's just, you know, the weather's starting to really improve. It's way now. nicer now that the weather's Heaps starting to go. Off. So much easier to get up in the morning. Yep. Everything. It's just yep. so much better. Yeah. Like you're saying. But anyway, let's go back right, mm-hmm. uh, right back to the start of your Ironman career. Tell us about how you actually got into the sport. Was it like your family that was into it? Because you played a bit of football beforehand as well, didn't you? Yeah, casually. Casually. Yeah. Yeah. But it was, it was like A-grade amateurs though, wasn't it? Well, B-grade. Yeah. B-grade, yeah. yeah, yeah. Still, still pretty good. It was okay, yeah. Well, I mean, it's growing up in those outer suburbs, it was quite typical, right? Most of the the guys I went to school with, were we all played footy together and then you went on to an amateur club. Yeah. Um, and that was the social aspect as well. I played a, played a lot of cricket at school predominantly. Um, that's where I thought... Batter, bowler? Uh, batsman, yeah. I would say. I don't know, some people might say not, but I've all spin. Um, spin? Which, yeah, oh, that right. was, mate, that's where the money was, right? So, <laughs> uh, that's where the king was. So, it's... Um, yeah, and then footy, I probably um, I said gravitated toward footy a bit more because I started to enjoy the fitness aspect a lot more when I left school. And then so much so that my obsession with the gym was taken away from going to actual footy training. Mm-hmm. And then I had a friend just, there's always talk about doing a triathlon as a bit of fun. And then, yeah, mate. And how old were you when that? 21. 21, yeah. To my 21st birthday, bought me a real small one, Australia Day triathlon. Yeah. And I still goes these these days, um, honestly, day. But uh, yeah, and that was just uh, probably, that was a pivotal time. But also you're at that age where, you're willing to take on things that are, have challenged you as well. Yep. You know, you're trying a lot of different things. Um, so I was like, yeah, this this is fitness for me. When I transitioned, I couldn't swim. I had to do breaststroke, right? So it was only 200 meters. And then the bike was 7K and I borrowed a bike from her dad. And then the run, I almost got disqualified because you're not allowed to run in a triathlon without a shirt on. This is something you want really? to discuss. Right. Yeah, so you have to be covered in the torso, right? Gotcha. So you, you rocked up and you just didn't have... No, I had a shirt, but yeah. it was a long... We'd been out the night before, so it was a long oh. sleeve, like, <laughs> <laughs> shirt you'd wear in the town, right? Not right, up, but, right. So I've run out of... Got into transition, and they're like, you got to put a shirt on. I was like, oh, no. It's just you wore the one from the night before. Shirt, mate. Really? In the Point Walter Bush somewhere. Oh, really? <laughs> 15 That's years so ago. good. <laughs> so, it was this big, white, like, flowy shirt and uh, not aerodynamic at all no yeah. i mean i had to put it on on the bike so yeah. it's flapping away on the bike not that i was racing it i was just trying to go as hard as i could mm-hmm. and then when i finished i was like oh this is you know that that's a test of fitness for me at the moment and i had another friend who independently did this same event for the first time another mm-hmm. mate from school and then uh it just snowballed from there for that summer we just would do all these smaller events novice events uh, distance wise and then we were like, you know, 21, oh, let's, why don't we just do the Busso half distance, which was in May. Um, and I was like, yeah, can't be that hard, right? We're, you're invincible. We're invincible. But nothing about nutrition, right? No, knew nothing. You were just, you're going in we like what well, I am right now. Pretty much. Just, yeah, yeah. I'm exactly the same boat. I had no real aerobic base. I was in the gym heaps. It was all about being swole. Um, the best type of fitness, I think. <laughs> really, you get to see it's quite lazy fitness. It, know, it actually not, is. Not taking anything away from like lifting, but it's totally you different know, mentally as well. Um, and then, yeah, we did the May um, cramps like crazy, and then just that you come out of an event with a high. So when you say to me a few days after Ironman in December, oh, I might go again i'm gonna just tell you go give it a month sleep on trust it. me sleep on it buddy yeah. oh, trust me i won't be coming to you and saying that yeah, yeah. Thank fuck and we then i'll look that. over at your girlfriend and she'll be like no, <laughs> no. Yeah. Yeah, um, again i've been there so it's uh yeah we did that was in the may this the half distance and then probably two weeks later he's like oh, we should just do the i'm in december and then i was like yeah righto but so you've gone from doing that the modified distance to doing the full one and how big a space of time yeah. was that one year one year yeah so in the in the january of 
2009. Yep. I did the Australia Day Triathlon, which was 200-meter swim, yep. 7K ride, 2K run. By December, I did the full what you're doing. Yeah, wow. Yeah. And then I got a coach mid-year, right? It's the same guy that's going to help you with your bike fit. Um, and just a template for 20 weeks program. No, no, no contact needed. And this has shaped the way I train and probably shaped the way I feel about how people should train. It's a simple progression if you're targeting an event in the distance, right? You need to take a few steps forward, then a step back. A few steps forward, step back. Though step back isn't a step back. It allows your body to absorb what you've done. Gives your body a chance to freshen up so you then can perform at a higher level. Which is like, that's kind of like what we're doing yep. now. It's like the two weeks of yep. hard yep. and then one week. And one week lighter. And I've almost like taken that when I've started to do work stuff as well. So yep. I've gone, all right, cool. Every extra I can possibly do, I'm going as hard as I can, blazing it for two weeks. Yep. And then I'm having one week that I'm just sort of just doing the, through the, just the yep. bare minimum of what I need to do. And then yep. you go hard again. So yeah, it's yep. funny that because I've taken that not just from the training side of things. I've actually taken that into my lifestyle and work stuff as well so yeah it's a mm. you know a, a different way to look at it but it's a it's very good for from a progression point of view right because you never then put yourself in a real state of injury it changes a little bit at an elite level but it's still the same basis right you can get carried away sometimes and uh yeah so that was the progression through to the december and then i almost i finished second in the, there's like five year age groups right that you race in if you were Yep. caring about your the actual race at the Ironman. And I was second in the 18 to 24 at the time. First place got a spot to the World Champs, which is in Kona, Hawaii, right? And uh, in the following October. And then I just missed. He beat, he won comfortably, but then I was like, oh, well, I haven't really done this for long. Maybe I'll go to Ironman Australia, which was like four months later, and got a program again, same same progression once I'd recovered. He was the, the coach writing the programs was very big on... I'm so new to it, don't get caught in the bubble. You know, you get the bug. A lot of people get the golf bug, right? Where yep. they, then they spend up crazy, sits in the corner for years, yep. the clubs, right? But I was like, no, no, I want to, you know, I'm enjoying this. Keep going. And then I went to the I'm in Australia, which is in Port Macquarie. It's now in May. It was then in March. So you could train through summer. It's a big. That's tough work, yep. It's good though. Right, summer's what you want. Your body gets a lot of different adaptions from heat. And I guess it's also that there's not that long a time right. for you to, you know, uh, not be conditioned anymore. You yep. kind of just continue your stuff all the way through. You kind of recover from your race in yep. December or whatever, and then you just keep rolling it through. Yeah, from the start, yep. like Christmas time was okay, and then you get you go three so months. So how many events could you do? Sorry, op, yep. off track. How many events can you do in a year? Depends how well you want to do them. Yeah. Yeah, you can do... Typically, like your elite marathon runners will run two yep. in a year very well. So that was the old method. It was two Ironman yep. in, in 12 months. And then a lot of half distance races to, if you're doing it as a profession, that's how you earn money. But yep. now it's it's reshaped. People are doing four, five, six Ironman in the year. Wow. But if you want to peak correctly, you got to, you know, yeah, the, yeah. that progression still holds strong where you got to target specific times to be in peak fitness. You can't maintain it for... Of course, the whole year. Yeah, yeah. for... You know, it was interesting last night. You know, Lockie Neal wins the Brownlow, and he's talking about a preseason he did two years ago. Mm. Kids, kids watching that at home or listening to that at home, you don't maintain fitness for two years, right? So yeah. he's still trained plenty of times through that. Yeah. Um, you know, it's just things you pick up. I guess, um, you know, I'm nitpicking at different comments, and he also didn't expect to win. But um, yeah, it's f- for us for for elite athletes in this sport. I've been training upwards of 25 hours a week for 15 years say on average and the big weeks are so around much, 40 eh? you know last so week much. was 41 so um, if I have two weeks off which I raced in Singapore only six weeks ago and got very sick from that yeah, and, you're super cruel yeah, yeah and so I had two weeks pretty much where I, I had a week I didn't really get out couldn't get out of bed um, and yeah it was a real slog to get back moving well like a neurally muscularly you know it takes time you got to reset and you do you reckon you're definitely more susceptible to getting sick oh, and absolutely. really absolutely hitting you for six because of how intense the training is yeah yeah definitely yeah. you your immune system suppressed was it yeah was it something like you have less white blood cell count or something like that with doing the extreme endurance events is yeah, that right yeah you deplete you and you're taking away from like your iron stores you know running's very detrimental 
it's a red blood count. Um, so yeah, your body's not fighting infection very well. Um, so when you do get sick, it just absolutely rolls you. Yeah. Typically, mm. yeah. So that's why you know you got to supplement. But eating well is number one. You know, drinking you know plenty of fluids also important. Um, and even more so when it gets hot. But I've, I tend to struggle more when it's cold. So summer's fantastic. Um, but the you know it's still very easy to get sucked into like oh you know i'm i did this training now surely i can hold on to that fitness but if you want to peak your fitness you need to slowly progress to one point and not get carried away in one week's worth of training yeah to see like oh i hit a key session 15 weeks ago i'll be right it's like no the the accumulation of what you've the been doing now, yep. and the, yeah, you know, yep. I, le- I learned that early as well, and it's and it was very successful. You know, I qualified in that March for Kona. I won my age group in Port Macquarie, and then went to Hawaii that October, and that kicked me in the face. You know, that was they had a mass start then when every male and female everyone started together. Yeah, right. So two thousand people in the water. And does that make you go fastest to start off with or something like that? Is that why that so sort of throws you off? Or? You have to get out in the water like this is back this is 2010, 15, 10 minutes before the start, right? Because you've got to get out to the start line. Mm-hmm. You can't stand. All right? it's, it's very deep. It's quite deep through that part of um, Kona, through the marina. People were pulling on one another to try and stay afloat. It was wow. like sardines. Wow. Unbelievable. Like I, I'll never forget. And, and I wasn't a very competent swimmer at the time. It was just more still, you know an introduction and just the whole day was just intense you know and then i came home like i got through it but i just struggled through and then in the december when i come home from hawaii because i was frustrated i was like i want to do the iron man again in boston now it sounds like a lot that's four in one year in my first year yeah that's so the guy coaching heaps. was like nah that's yeah. you know just back that, no, off. back that off but i was like no nah, no nah, i want to and then i want to qualify again for next year and then I won't do another one until Kona if I qualify. And yeah, I managed to qualify in that one in December. So within that year, I'd done four. Wow. And then I was like, oh, well, now I want to make sure I can at least contest my age group. And then for the next two years, I won my age group in Hawaii. So wow. you automatically re-qualify if you win your age group for the following year in Hawaii. Um, so you didn't have to do the Boston one that in between or you still no, did it? No, I didn't. Didn't do it? No, yeah. I did another one. I went to and I got quite sick. Um, with food poisoning actually the two days before the race but no. um, yeah so that the age group experience you know I was still very new to it technology wasn't as oh, as documented as marketed yep. it's heavily marketed now because it's making significant improvements so you can be lazy in training almost but the training effects still still reign supreme you know the more you do and the better you get at it will better prepare you for a race to race at a high level right so we've gone to you know the running world's gone to carbon shoes bikes are far beyond where they probably imagine the technology side of stuff i can't believe how much that difference like you said with the shoes with the bikes Mm. with um you know i'm about to find out the bike setup how much difference that'll make the gear that you're wearing just everything there's so much that goes into it just to get all those little percents it's not just out there grinding for the for the hours it's trying to make it as comfortable and do it the best that you can yeah and there's just so much technology stuff that goes into it which again i didn't think of how many things could actually um influence how well you're going to do that event yeah it's swimming still very simple mm. right wetsuits uh, have their there's rules on what you can wear you just wear the fastest yep. one you can buy which and it's um it's it's to do with like the buoyancy, mm. eh? Yeah, yeah the wetsuit. So, I'm not swamming the wetsuit, yeah. I'm still yep. waiting for that to come. But. Yeah. So the there's a mill thickness with swimming wetsuits for what's approved. Yep. Um but yeah, you it'll just completely make your hips buoyant. Yep. So you will float on top of the water. Doing the stuff with the pool amazing. boy is that much yeah. better. That's what it does. It yes. isolates your hips, right? Yeah. Um, because you really don't use a lot of kick in the open water for the race because you've got to ride and swim all day, right? So you don't want to be overactive from yep. a kick point of view. Um, but the wetsuit will just suspend your legs, like floating up there. Make it a bit easier. Yeah, yeah much easier. Um, and, you know, it just makes you use far less energy, right? So then come the bike is when you really got to start to, you know, bustle flat, but the course does move and the road shifts. And, and the so, wind and all that sort of thing, yeah. Yeah, and then it'll start to get warm and you get in the forest and it feels like it goes forever. So that's where the mental game of doing those six or seven hour yeah. rides you'll in training will start to... You know, we'll take effect on race day without you knowing it. Yep. And uh, 
you know, but the from our point of view with the technology, the the bikes got quite ridiculous now. Where like even the sleeve in a suit is saving you, you know, ninety seconds, sixty seconds to ninety seconds over one eighty. How so? Based on the that? material and the silicon bead, or right, in just in the sleeve, so where the air's heading, hitting wow. the, the point. So once upon a time, it was just like get a bike, had cables everywhere, and and get some fast wheels. You know, now it comes back to tire pressure, the sealant you use in the tire, making sure there's no holes anywhere on the bike so there's no additional air like turbulence made, um, trying to close the cavity between, you know, where you come down on the aero bars so where your chest is to the top tube relative to the top tube of the bike. It's not making a lot of sense to a lot of people, but the top tube's the tube that yep. you could fall onto and really hurt yourself. Yeah. Um, you know, and then also that position you hold – so based on where the aero bars are, hands to where your head is, you know, you've got to try and close that gap as much as possible. So you're trying to make yourself like a, a motorbike. Like, like a torpedo. You're pretty just trying much. to, yeah. If you could just put one big, huge helmet over the front of your bike, it's the most aerodynamic possible because it, it wins hitting one flush point and then it will just run over the top of you, create like a teardrop effect. Whereas if you're like when we're on a bike and you've got helmets good, but you've got all this other surface area, you know, and your legs as yep. well, and they're, they're moving. So there's all these different points where if you can wear different clothing or different Just bounces material, off different, yeah. Yeah, you can, you're trying to create this vortex around you and then it almost starts pushing you forward and helps so then, you maintain speed. Compared to what I'm doing right now <laughs> of just riding the road bike, I'm, you know, mm. that's very upright. I'm staying as low as I can get, yep. but obviously using a triathlon bike mm. is where, where, for anyone that doesn't know, that's where you have your hands like leaning on the handles. Yeah, yeah, yeah. How yep. much difference do you reckon that makes? A speed's huge, significantly like faster. You'll just tick off on a flat road at the same effort as you would on a road bike, anywhere from three to five kilometers an hour. Really? Faster, wow. right? Shit. And then the faster you go, the more you save, more effort you save. So the bikes hold momentum a lot better. They tend to be stiffer. Yep. Um, they're a little bit heavier than a road bike. So once they're at speed, they the rolling momentum's greater. Is it trickier to stay in that spot to yeah. start off with? It's yeah. way, way harder? To gain the mobility through your back, you need yep. to make sure that front end set correctly fucking you get one of those soon eh, then yeah the yeah i've actually got if we can't get one i might oh, i've got a friend that's got one spare possibly really yeah for a spare tt bike yeah right yep yep so i'll that's, see if i can uh, get that yeah i mean that's a hard thing too right the the industry's still recovering from COVID. yep right so the time trial bikes this they're few and far between mm. these days so it's you know, people are hesitant to sell them even if they've been sitting there like golf clubs in the corner for two, three years. They just hold on to them because there's not a lot around, you know, and especially something that might fit somebody well or... But yeah, there's a road bike, you've got to grip and rip all day. So you get sore through your forearms, yeah, through your hands. My, my, my thumbs, like yep. even now, I'd, I can't even... When did I ride last? I haven't done a big ride in a week or whatever yeah. now, but man, my thumbs are like so sore, super yeah, tight Yeah, you my take wrist. all that away, right, on yeah, an aerobar because your hands are just like flipping there. Yeah. yeah. You know, so it's the pressure is down through the skeletal system. So you're trying to make 90 degrees almost through your shoulders and elbows. Yep. Um, so you just, you know, and there's no pressure on the muscle or the tissue. It's just through the bone. Right. And so it's... Yeah, it's more ergonomic, if that makes sense mm-hmm. for for the majority of people. You're sitting straighter, even though you look like you're more bent over. Yeah, because you get a saddle which opens your hips up, or the seat you're sitting on, the saddle, and it allows you to lean forward nicely and um, and be more comfortable. And also in that position, so if we had a, it'd be cool to have like some sort of a, a little, person yeah. with us. Yeah, <clears throat> but if you're sitting upright on a road bike, right? Mm-hmm. If this is the person's head and this is their bum. You, you, it's not as simple as just like okay let's just tilt that there because then you close that center point in the hips and that's where you can create the hip impingements yep. right which is probably what you're suffering Feeling, from a little yeah. bit at the moment we need to like rock the seat forward and the angle and so you can roll well. the hips forward over yep. that so you you don't just tip yourself like this you rock forward into the position so you stay you're still staying like in that same position but you're opening yourself up more yeah um does that then put it. that obviously the reason why you do that is to put force through different areas yep. of your body so me being so conditioned to doing it that way mm. is it going to be is if i change now well, i'm going to have to soon mm. will that make it really hard because i'm sort of working stuff in different areas that i haven't been previously you've probably been overworking right those other areas 
So, but I guess that's also can like positive. Yeah, well, oh, it could almost be a bit negative as well though, because then if I start to go back the other way and it's hitting it at a different sort of angle or, I will take to, pressure off areas so it'll be. You reckon it'll just be yep. much more positive than what it would yeah, be. Yeah, in that like TT pose, you're going to use more your quads and yep. your glutes, and so then we're going to save your hammies more to run. Mm-hmm, you mm-hmm. know, and then it'll also open up that hip your hip angle, and so that's what will take the pressure off any nerve related activity or you know just general um tightness through your psoas through the stomach through the hip flexor um, which is you know people forget like if you're getting sore on a bike there's ways to fix it um you don't have to be riding around in pain so yeah that's you don't you don't need to get too involved in the whole tech world of a bike but we can do you can certainly do things yeah yeah yeah. certainly do things to just make it more comfortable for you for 180 yeah Definitely. So yeah. you were talking before about the feeling that you get and that high that you get when you finish. Mm. What does that feel like? I want to. I want to. Mm. I actually watched. I was flicking back through your Insta trying to get a video to, to, that I put up of you being a fucking psycho. But mm. I was having a look back, and there was a couple that I came across, and it was you coming over the line. I think when you won the Bustleton one, right? Trying to dance. Yeah. It, <laughs> look, I, it was. I saw yeah. that, and I was like, "Shit, that does look pretty fucking good." Yeah, so yeah. Uh, I had never ever seen. I hadn't even watched a video of somebody finishing one until I saw that one the right. other day. Um, what does that feel like? Yeah, winnings. Yeah, everyone. That's why we do it, right? That's yeah. the that's the euphoria, the feeling that yeah that drives you me every day. Um, to it, it just means you've executed a race to the best of your potential. Right on that day, you know you, your potential might be better from what you think in from a data point of view. But on that very day, that was the best you could do. That's the best you could do, and it was good enough, right? So that's the those feelings aren't every day though, right? So yeah, I don't know. I'm, I'm going to talk about the Brownlow again, just because it's recent. It was mm. on last night, but Lockie Neal said the same thing. You, if you go to a, a play in a premiership very early in your career. Right, this could be across any sport, and you think, oh well, I'll, we'll get back there in a year or two, you know, and then you don't. It might not happen ever again, mm. right? So, you know, and Justin Langer, you know, from following cricket over the years, was very big on enjoy the successes, you know, because they're not doesn't come around all the time. No, nah, you know, even the little ones, you know, just be sure to pat yourself on the back. You know, you can be. I definitely feel I'm probably my hardest critic because I'm, you know, self-coached. Right? I've had some very good support and coaches over time, which I've taken a lot from. Um, but now I'm at, at a point where I I'm aware of what I need, and I just need to be smarter when it gets closer to an event. But yeah, the, even the ones like early this year, I had some some injuries, some niggles, and I walked through some marathons uh, in New Zealand. And then also in Cairns, I was walking quite a bit early in the year and it, that becomes a survival, you know. So finishing them, there's no, it's nothing like the same as having a good race, you know, whether it win or podium, but it's the satisfaction in, oh, it's, it, it's over, right? Because you've put yourself through something where it's, you're not even It's a lot of stress, yeah. You're not even performing at any level, you're walking. But you're like, oh, all right, so... You tick them off and then you hope the next one will be, you know, it'll reward you. It just doesn't, right? There's, if, you're, if you're trying to put your body in a place it doesn't want to be, be just due to injury or health or whatever it be, it finds a way to win, right? So everything needs to be working in, in, in sync there. Um, yeah, and you've got to move on quickly from them because it's like for you that I still remember my first one, it was a blue carpet at the time in Bustleton and it was as everyone had always spoken of. It's just so nice to know that in like 200 meters, you can just it's like <laughs> sit down. <laughs> you know, it's such a, it is a, you sort of float through that last bit and then literally 10 minutes later, you'll barely be able to walk because you've just been in motion for so long. Yep. So much muscle damage. Your muscle's essentially been eating itself, right? When you go beyond, you go catabolic yep. quite early in the day. So it's, you know, but yeah, those coming into that finish shoot, it's just that emotion of like, well, whether that, you know, that was. Can't a, wait. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I hope it's the best feeling yeah, I've ever experienced in my life. You know, they've made but... the carpet quite long, so yeah. you can enjoy it. But, <laughs> That's good. Um, 
Yeah, it's yeah. I, I won't forget that first one, but absolutely. Um, so then, what actually motivates you to keep going and keep doing more races? And what is the internal drive for you? Yeah, so my son's almost two, and I'm thirty-five. Typically, this is the age when endurance elite endurance athletes come into their prime. Yeah, it peaks so much later, which so much I was, later. I was yeah. so but um, amazed about. A lot of young guys having a lot of success these days as well. I say young guys, but they start very early. Yep. So I started when I was 21. These guys started before 10. Yep. Same time in the sport, right? So it's Because it just literally just takes hours and hours and hours of, of doing all the things. Yeah, yep. mentally and physically, right? Um, you know, you need to start to believe in yourself as well and what's, what's too much or what's enough. Um, but yeah, he's too. I would love for him to be at an age where he gets to see me have good races. Yep, so he can remember and... You know, if we're fortunate enough to have more children, he can tell them and not me be the old disgruntled oh, yes. old man. Your dad like, used oh, to do back this in the one day. day. Yeah, 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 yeah. You know. Yeah, I just think You'll probably still be that, but you know. Pro- <laughs> I would honestly love to walk away from the sport and not have to tell my children how good I thought I was. Yep. Um or have feel like, you know, I could have got so much more out of the sport. So that's that's what's driving me now because I feel Physically, I'm in. I can perform at much higher level than I ever have before, despite age. You know, I haven't been in the sport long, um, and there's still plenty of opportunity. So it's just about managing that opportunity correctly over 12 months, over however long the season needs to be. Yeah, and then what exactly is it about the Ironman events that you just fucking mm. love? Obviously, that that feeling at the end of it, once you've finished, once you've once you've won the race or whatever, that that high feeling that you get. Mm. But why 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 that? Why do you think that you connected so well with that sport versus playing cricket or football or or being in the gym and everything else that you did beforehand? That's quite a good question. Um, I still feel challenged by it every day you can always perform you can at a higher level in training so there's no boundary to how fast you might be able to go because we're not the fastest runners in the world we're not the fastest cyclists we're not the fastest swimmers they're all independent in their own sports but that that's the benchmark of what's humanly possible at the moment of the world records so we're way off it but in from my own point of view there's nothing else i feel in life not saying I was a super academic, but anything else you apply yourself to, you tend to get reward from effort, right? This is the one, this over 15 years now, the more I've applied and the more effort I've put in hasn't equaled the reward due to a number of circumstances, you know, it's, and that's okay. Now, at the time, it's frustrating. Um, but you learn, what I've learned is invaluable along the way. So it's, probably channeling that now into relaxing on days when maybe I don't feel it or linking up with the right people for training partners and, you know, and and also I don't need to – I don't need the training partners. I I am fine at doing it it on my own. It's it's how we race, right? You know, you'll you'll get a sense of it, but there's plenty of people around to support that. Um, But, yeah, the – the drive now is very just personal for me to succeed to the level I feel I can consistently race at. Yeah, it's not about winning one particular event other than Busfordham. Yep. Um, having success here is has always been what drove me, you know, but I did win the event. So it's like, well, you know, they say it's never enough, but one day I'll look back and that can't be taken away. Yep. It's like someone that goes to the Olympics, right? Well, yeah, and it's also like I feel like to – continue to get better and get back to that you can't you almost can't be satisfied with Mm. everything so far you got to have something that you're still striving for or that uh, i guess that level that you hold yourself accountable to because you know that that was that was the the peak of everything that's as well as i trained Mm -hmm. um, best performance all that sort of thing and like if you kind of lose that a little bit it's kind of hard to keep that that edge because it's such a um it's it's such a stressful sport on your body mentally everything that i think you just got to almost have every little bit of motivation and and every reason to keep doing it that you possibly can and keep yourself such a high standard um as possible and everything changes every time yes so every experience is different you could take that same training period and put it in 12 months time before the race and it won't end in the same result yeah you know because so it's 
that's like life. Every day is new, it's different, your body will respond in a different way. You can't control the weather, so that's irrelevant. You know, it's like just all you can do is prepare yourself best for that for those moments and that time. You know when race day is, right? You know it's on the third. So just, you know, for anybody at any level, don't sort of freak out and think I need to do this session on this date to make sure I'm right for this date. It's like just rely on that consistently showing up. Yep. Rely on the fact that you consistently showed up for a long period of time and you built yourself robust enough to to be able to go at the level you're happy with for the day. For sure. I think that's what I've sort of uh, – I, I know that I was the complete opposite end of stuff in terms of my conditioning and background of fitness. Mm. It was in the gym, lifting heavy, powered, you know, short sprint stuff versus this is the complete other end. But I think from the start I went, all right, well, you're not going to – like. I, naturally I'm not very good at that. Uh, don't have a background in that, but what I can do is I can be consistent with it, and that's just what the whole time that I've sort of thought. All right, cool. It doesn't matter if you if you do the swim in two and a half hours no. or whatever it is, well, just get it under done. Under two twenty. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, sorry, under two twenty. Just get it done. Just yeah. get it done. And that's like all I, all I've been thinking is like, just go get it done. Just go get it done. Doesn't matter about the time. Doesn't matter about yeah. whatever. Just go tick it off. And I think that's like what I've been able to focus on throughout it to make sure everything gets done so far yeah and you're doing it without you know your old man's your training partner mm. which i think is fantastic you know it's you know, i think most people would love it if their parents would be a training partner of some degree to definitely keep them accountable yeah. so that's what training partners will do keep you accountable and i've been very fortunate to have some very good friends who are extremely good training partners and you learn a lot from those people probably a lot more than not taking anything away anything away from coaches but you're in one another's zones yep. hours on end right you're at you're riding together at threshold heart rates for long periods of time so you get to know a whole another world bonding. of people yeah yeah. yeah you know you're having discussions at 150 beats right where most people would have them at 60 beats at work right yes the discussions are very different at that heart rate <laughs> right but they tend to be quite People emotional yelling, at times. so yeah, yeah. They're just like <laughs> deeper breathing and whatnot so it's um yeah those those times are what you know, in summer, a good mate of mine comes home and he's actually home in a few weeks, a bit earlier than normal. So I'll have him here to, to work with towards Busso, which is great. But, you know, I've got some training partners at the moment who have just taken on, come for the ride a little bit, which is huge for me. Like, I, you know, we might not speak for hours during it because they're just sitting on the wheel or whatever it be. But it but just keeps you going and keeps the pace up and keeps yeah, you motivated. Yeah. You know, like my wife the other day I had a two and a half hour run to do out through the bush and she would just we pinged a lot of different um intersections on the road that the trail crosses she would just meet me with aid so i could just keep moving um i don't really we don't speak through that period but she gets it she sees it um you know it's that that's the people that i just want to enjoy the success with absolutely um, you know i'm not saying i don't enjoy everyone getting around it but it's like they're a huge part of what I'm doing. It's it's definitely a, there's a small team, but uh, you know, yeah, it's a very uh, a very worthy team of people. Absolutely, and I found that as well with mine. It's like you know, you know, I've got my my mum, my dad, yep. um, my partner Beck, um, you know, my cousin who's come for rides. Yep. It's just like yourself. Um, you know, there's just all these people that help from all different aspects. That it's yeah. not just about actually doing the sessions. It's nah. all the other stuff around it and how you can you just try to juggle and balance everything because it's so much like it's just so much to try to uh make sure is being ticked off and balanced yeah it's hard level, to get right? it wrong yeah you know especially you you do a lot away from it right so mm. it's fine for me to say i need you to do this many hours a week but you're then thinking oh okay i gotta juggle that in between this and you can't just like step out on your bike like is a preparation for the everything. Prep is yeah. the most annoying. <laughs> you got to drive to the pool. Oh. You got traffic. You got. There's all sorts of things yeah. that people forget, right? Yeah, yeah. Then you just it ends up being a two-hour session to yeah. a, maybe a two-hours, forty-five-minute session, yeah. and now I'm going fuck. Like that's that's pushing me over what I can yeah. actually allocate for the day. Yeah. You know, when you roll out, you know, it might be a, a two-hour ride. Mm. You never ride just for two hours. You have to stop somewhere for traffic or for you know just wait for someone to go past. You lose time really easily when yeah. you train. And so it might only be, like for me, for instance, there might be some seven or eight hour days, but they have full days. I've lost the whole day. I don't see, it's like I leave, 
home before my son wakes up and I will get home when it's he's having dinner. So it's like a normal going to work mm. normally, right? Where Just I can't I might have come home during the day, but he's napping, right? So it's that's been that's the difference. You know, my wife previous before we had uh, Tom, she's she was working, so I would just come home, eat, go out again. Then we both come home when it was like dinner time. But now there's this other enjoyment at home as well, which is you know sometimes. Uh, recently, I haven't had heaps of energy for it, but it's same thing. In a in a month's time, your energy builds. You know, as the weather builds, as your fitness builds. Um, I've got some uh, some more help coming on in terms of from a sports science point of view. So that's pretty exciting for me. Great. Um, just to monitor health. Um, what are you like, doing for that? Just some uh, like infield testing um, for you know checking blood lactic to make sure I'm within a zone um, at different effort because you know my blood works very good and, and at an extremely high level, but to be able to perform in the right zones when training is essential to progression. So you don't overdo it, and you don't underdo it as well. You're not being too soft, which. You know, that's the hard part for me when I guess you, you're coaching people. For you, we're just trying to get you to do the time. But if people were trying to reach a certain time or a goal, as a coach, sometimes you come off pretty harsh. Like, no, I need you to do this. No, why did you, you – you were a bit slow there, mm. you know, or it was too fast. Like, why are we racing and training? We need to save that. Because you lose – like you said, you were nervous when you th- – or not nervous. It, it would have been nervous to a degree, but when you had that 4K swim, you think about it or not. Yep. Yeah, your body, you start, it's nervous energy, yeah. right? Your adrenaline's actually, you're producing adrenaline. So it's, you need to learn how to just like relax and just wake up the next day, look at the program, away you go. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And has there ever been a time that you felt just absolutely beat by the whole thing? Like you thought, this mm. is it, whether it was an injury or, you know, yep. whether it was, you know, just a prep for a race that didn't go well or whatever, whatever it may be. Is there a point that you just thought, I'm fucking done with this? And how did you get over that? How did you overcome it and progress? Yeah. Yeah. 2016, 17, 18. <laughs> <laughs> Every year. <laughs> yeah. I had a heap of chronic back issues, um, you know, in my late mid to late twenties, um, which was related to some lumbar spine and, and actually a sacral fracture misdiagnosed because I wasn't symptomatic. So it was a lot of frustration through that period, a lot of good training, but just empty race days. Um, you know, there was always someone though that would just keep me in it, someone close, family. Yeah. Um, you know, just onto the next one because they could see the training, the effort going in and training. And then you have small glimpses of success in racing and it's, oh, okay, I am there still. Um, or I am where I think I could be. And then, yeah, I had a fair bit of success was sort of coming a bit more freely or more frequently prior to COVID and then COVID obviously knocked all that out and then coming back from that there's been a few moments now um, typically one this in May this year mm-hmm. um, I really struggled preparing between a race that didn't go well in Port Macquarie and I'm in Australia to I'm in Cairns I started to get a lot of joint related issues um, bilateral so both sides it was extremely uh, painful and it's so much of just training. about trying to keep yourself injury free more yeah, than yeah. anything else as you know, well it wasn't like muscular i felt okay i just had a lot of joint pain and i was just you know put into the cold but since then it forces you to go and get things tested and i've got a good sports doctor who looked into things and perhaps all the back issues years ago have actually been related to um what they call ankylosing spondylitis so it's like a or it is a a genetic genetically um, gifted arthritis mm-hmm. I'm not blaming thanks mum and dad yeah yeah, yeah. she mum did say sorry and I was like you don't have to be sorry about anything it's just you know a lot of people go through far worse but um, yeah like my receding hairline that I got yeah I, noticed I tell that. him I tell him that all <laughs> I the time want to say I go fucking dad <laughs> yeah so this has all happened recently um, which has probably given me a bit of a lease on life because you see a specialist and they're telling you like diagnosing you with something but this the rheumatologist was able to go back and it's almost like she was with me for the last 10 years. Have you, has this ever happened? Has this ever happened? And it was just all these yes, moments yes, yes. through yeah. racing and life. And I was like, oh, don't read into it too much because you, you know, can't. You got to sort no, of just I've keep heard pushing it all. on. You yeah. know, and it's like, okay, well, there is treatment for this to, to limit the, the pain and whatnot. And so far, yeah, I feel like I've, it's been a, quite a significant change to how 
my joints. Like I was waking up in the morning through May and I had to lift my elbows oh. to hold my shoulders up because they were so sore. And then I was still trying to swim 25K a week. Oh. Um, and would it ever get, did it feel like it ever got looser when you're swimming or every stroke? Oh, was like just by like cooked? 3K, four, like towards the end of the session, maybe. Yeah. And then arthritis typically is better in um, like arthritic pain when you go to the humidity. Yep. It might improve. But when I went to Cairns, um, it's humid and it got worse. So pretty, I wasn't sure how I was going to be able to swim. Throw my arms over. I couldn't really do it the days before the race. It's, and uh, I was living on Panadol. And, you know, so everything's going to impact your race then because you're taking on, you know, supplements that aren't made for performance um, or to enhance your performance. So it's, uh, you know, and that sort of training through that pain in the, the arthritic pain actually formed bursitis. So I had bursitis in both, quite bad bursitis in both shoulders for that race. But that was for me walking in Cairns was like, ah, oh, that's enough. Everyone around me's been through enough now. And uh and me too. Like you get tired when you don't have much success over a significant amount of time. And the last eighteen months has just felt like that a little bit, but you know, Bustleton always gives me this you a know, bit of a buzz back Yeah, to I, you know, I love the place and not just the race down there, but as a location I love WA, so um you know, I've been on the podium there the last four years and then and have won it once. But, um, yeah, I just want to – I still feel there's a performance down there which could be very good. Um, you know, I've been okay. So it's – yeah, now getting sick a few weeks back has just made it all more of a focus on December. Yep. Yep. So staying put a bit more. So a question that I get a lot of the guests to answer and sort of go into a little bit, particularly when I'm talking to like, you know, basketballers or footballers, we sort of talk about their like pre-game habits Mm. and like what they do leading up. But you've sort of said throughout this that every race is so different. So I think that makes it such a, again, such a unique sport in that your preparation is going to be oh so different um, every race and every event that you go into. Is there some things though that you find that are very consistent with you, whether it's, um, you know, the nutrition side of things, um, how you taper off for your training mentally? Do you do anything to, you know, just relax yourself, recharge um, or get yourself focused specifically like, you know, a few days or a week leading up to the actual event day? Uh, the sessions are all pretty similar. Yeah. Yeah, from a week out, from mm. what I've – yeah, for if I'm feeling good, that typically is quite a normal week. Um, you know, keeping a lid on it is is normal, but also you get a lot of external like, oh, you know, rest, put your feet up. Everyone's rest is different, right? And uh, and so for me, I feel at home and probably credit to the success in Bustledon over time is I feel like I can do it my way. Yeah. You know, I know everywhere – I know the local you know the shops. Road, that, yeah, know, I'm yeah. just, you know, nothing feels uncomfortable. So, and you don't have to go early, you just drive down, right? So, um, or too early. But the, yeah, I don't like to have some specific routines. You know, when you travel, you just can't have them. Yeah. You know, that you, you travel and you can't take much with you. You're living out of, your bike weighs 23 kilos. And so you might have an extra seven kilos of luggage. Yep. So you're, you know, if you're lucky, but it's, um, yeah, I just, I really went away from that and tried to just sort of embrace the, it's still just, it is another day, you know, something you're preparing for, yes, but, you know, you just got to get into it. It's like uh, <laughs> when I used to bat like third or fourth sometimes, I prefer to open the batting because you're just out there straight away, but sitting and waiting, that's how it feels, you know, that, that pre-race, not saying cricket is anything like, Doing the endurance, endurance triathlon, but that mental aspect and that relax, you know, don't overthink what you're going to do when you're out there or it's just as soon as they say go, you know, all those negative thoughts or nervousness goes away. Yeah. You know, so it's like don't even allow those thoughts in, you know, just throw them out, you know, put them in, put them in the bin essentially. It's like a... Just keep thinking like at 8 o'clock, they're going to call the buzzer. They're going to I blow guess the buzzer. because it's such a long event as well, if you were so antsy about mm. it to start off with, it's such a long time that you've got to keep yourself working at that one level for. So if, you, if you're trying to amp yourself up too much beforehand, I imagine that's probably – it may drop off at some point, you know, where you don't want it to drop off in the race. Yeah, if you're fresh enough, your body will respond as soon as you say go. Yeah. Right, you'll react quickly. Um, but, yeah, you're right. If you're trying to really pump yourself up, that's maybe for short course events. Yeah. 
Whereas these are just like... Just get into it. Just, yeah, start and settle. Yep. The quicker you settle, the better you'll be come the time to run. Definitely. So last time we were on, we were speaking about there's a group chat of like yeah. some other guys that you train, uh, and uh, I think they all came back saying, I think you asked them, do you think you can do it? And they all said, no. Nah. So <laughs> how's the group chat going? Nah, the group watching, chat. Do they still think that, or have they come around? Yeah, they've, I, they've just gone quiet. They've gone they, quiet? They, for Good. a little bit, it was like, you know, in the middle of winter, does he own a shirt? But <laughs> <laughs> that's about like, you know, and then you were whinging a little bit about uh, getting up at, Six or yep. six thirty. Six, you know, because yep. they're all people will people will have a sook about things that they would love to do. Yes, right. Yes, so definitely, most people might have to get up at four o'clock to go five do five o'clock it. to get a session in before, maybe yep. even earlier. Um, but that is a choice as well, right? So you don't have to do the sport, okay? If your work hours don't allow it. Um, so yeah, people if they're whinging about it, it's because they want to do it, right? Yeah, it's like I get people <laughs> say, oh, you know, pro hours, it'd be so easy. Come and train with me for 40 hours a week. Not and easy. You see how you feel at the end of it, right? Yep. So it's, you know, and then to do that week after week after week, you know, and just maintain a, a good mindset and, and visualize what you're trying to do. So, you know, humans, we're very quick to be critical, right? Um, but everyone's gone quiet now because That's you're good. still posting videos. You're still, <laughs> still out there ticking the days off. doing some stuff, getting angry about your running. Um, <laughs> but yeah, you know that there's... Your awareness of it now, I had a mate say the other day, oh, he looks like he might be about to pack it in. And I'm like, nah, you just got to go through this period and the, you'll have a couple of sessions now where you'll be like, oh, no, that felt a bit better. And then, you know, that like you, running's frustrating you, so that will be your marker. Yep. You know, without you now knowing, it's just mentally become the bike you've been doing hours, four hours, a fair bit, right? You've done a lot of four-hour rides. So we can step that up and you'll just progress nicely. Swimming has been very good from a, progression point of view of distance but the running's been your frustration so it's just to remove the frustration and let your body slowly get running yeah yeah and build the volume over shorter runs but the weekly volume will be greater yeah definitely so like what is my next little blocks of training look like so you said then we're just going to maybe build up the just just building everything up a little little bit uh with the with the runs in terms of the swimming Mm. do i do any more or we just go 4ks and you just keep just Uh, get really good yeah we'll probably just because the four, we the could four, get carried away. The the four Ks doesn't um, worry me if that. So like I wake up going, oh yeah, cool. Now I yeah. can do it, and that's nice. I like knowing that I can just do that. Um, versus like if I'm fucking also, mm. uh, then I can just worry about the bike ride and the run. Yeah, and then uh, and then it takes the pressure off for the swimming because I know I can do it and I just keep ticking it. Yeah, I'm I'm happy. Like we'll just make four Ks more consistent. Yeah, you know, over a week, and then you do some open water swims, which. If we do a few yeah, 5Ks. Yeah, why do we do that? I haven't even thought about- No, they haven't about, started yet, right? I haven't so even thought about the, the fucking ocean freezing. swimming. Yeah, yeah. And not even that, the sharks. I'm not, I'm not about, about it. Them, mate. <laughs> I'm worry really about worried about the sharks. There's people out in front of you that will <laughs> yeah, take that, mate. that's true. <laughs> yeah, we can, you know, that, that'll be for fun and mentally as well. If you've done yep. a 5K, then 3.8s, well, you'll cruise through that. Easy, yep. Um, but yeah, we need to brick the sessions together more now. So yep. more bike running. Um, off the longer bikes so we can practice nutrition. I couldn't know. believe the the difference when you do a ride and then you go for a run after. You you actually run so much fast. Well, I do anyway. I run Stop. so much fast because, you know, it's like when you've been on a country road going 100Ks and then you come back to driving suburban <laughs> 70 and you're like, this feels really slow. So it almost, in my, in my head, it feels like I'm going... I need to be going faster because I've just come off doing maybe 25Ks or 28Ks an hour on the bike. Yeah. And then when you're running, it feels really slow. So I have to like really actively try to pull myself back if that makes – do you get that or no? Oh, your legs are warm, that's all. Yeah. I I wouldn't say it's from a – speed in movement point right, of view right. um, that's a that, good that's, way to look at that, it that, that, that's how it feels for me okay. I'm just like oh I just feel like I'm it makes sense though my legs are just warm and yeah you just blood flowing yeah. yeah whereas yeah. if you just go out the door and start running you essentially just waking your muscles up the yeah. blood you need to get the blood flowing through those um, mechanisms first to, to help you run more effectively but you'll be very economical when you first start running and then you'll the, the problem is you can't you need to not overrun early so you can you still need to build into it so just let the legs come because they take a few k to transition. Yeah, um, and you can do quite a bit of damage. Which you, we're not going to try and run that fast. So it's yeah, it's um, fine. Yeah. yeah, you'll be fine. So then just sort all these little injuries I've got out. So we're <laughs> going to get the bike fit mm-hmm. uh, this week, which would be good. You reckon that'll that'll significantly help? Yeah, I, it'll be related to your hips. Yep. From what I feel now, it's not uh, something to be worried about. 
Because, yeah, so ever, I, haven't even, I haven't put a video up about it. Yeah, I would have by the time this comes out. But, yeah, I have this, like, for any, anyone that's not Matt that hasn't heard this, but I just had these cramps going mm. in my glute. I just went for a, a bike ride 20 minutes into it, whole glute. And I was like, oh, shit, I'll stop just to have a stretch. Had a stretch. Didn't, like, just wouldn't go away. And I was like, I'll see if I can just keep going. And I went for another 20 minutes. And I'm like, it was like, you know, 8 out of 10 pain. I was like, shit, this is really bad. And it just never freed up. So I had to stop. Bet came and picked me up. Yeah. Send <laughs> me a photo. Yeah, send me a photo. Yeah. And then uh, and then I uh, then the next day I was like, because the body was feeling fresh, come off a day off. Mm. And then really I had two days off because I didn't do the yeah, big yeah, ride. Yeah. And I was going, oh sweet, run, feeling good. It just felt like I'd been corked the next day though, in my butt. So I was like, okay, I'll see how that goes. And I started running. I was like, oh, this feels amazing today. I'm gonna get this tw- I'm gonna get 20 Ks, no worries. And then two Ks in. My quad did the exact same thing, and I was like, are you joking? So, yeah. um, really weird, hey? Yeah, like we spoke of, it could be a number of things, like mm. low in some form of mineral, or you've just overdone the time in that bike position, or even like we was talking about the different movements in a week. Yeah. So, you know, if you do some step-ups or some squats or things you might not have done a lot of recently, you're just overactive through that area. Yeah. And so, it's just engaged too soon in the session. Um, especially if it's one-sided. If it was both sides going, then it would be related to, um, you know, mineral imbalance. Yeah. But when it's, you know, when there's only one side sort of firing up and causing issue, you've got to look at other movement patterns or positions that you might have been sitting in or – and then it's never – if your glutes are going, then sitting's terrible for it, right? So it's – your body doesn't want to be in that position. So when it's on stretch, so you want to try and stand or, or sort of stretch through your back in that extension movement. but. Yep. We won't think about it too much just now. Just try and get your... Yeah, do the bike and... Yeah, try and get you moving right. Yeah, yeah, totally. Well, uh, mate, I think we'll have to do maybe one more short bit a little bit closer to the race because I want to talk about like the actual... What I'm going to be doing, the the lead up in terms of the food and all that sort of thing. Um, But um, I literally would not be here talking to you about it and Mm. and continuing to do all the race uh, without you, mate. I cannot thank you enough for everything so far. Um, Yeah, all the the support, the knowledge, the programming, everything that you brought, I literally could not be more thankful for so thank you very much uh and uh yeah let's keep grinding away and get this fucking race done keep showing up (laughs) yeah baby (laughs) ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row dreaming of something better well hello fresh is your guilt-free dream come true baby it's me geeky palmer let's wake up those taste buds with hot juicy pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi Mm. hello fresh Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Mm. 